Everyone good? It's really, when you're in that such a presence, it's very hard to want to leave that kind of situation to get on to the next bit, isn't it? But we must, because of time, otherwise we'd be locked in here, um, which I wouldn't mind that in the presence of God. That would be cool. Um, but we're here. We're going to be sharing um, the last part of the series that we've been speaking on over the month of August. And it's been great. Anyone enjoyed this series? I've loved it. Um, you know, matters of the heart. It's something that it's just been like so revelation, such like a revelation to me, a lot, a lot of the stuff. And, you know, we had Paula speak on the heart of love. And I'm just going to recap because of time. I want today, I want us by the end of this to just get back in the presence of God. I just want us to be um, worshipping again and raising our hands to Christ. But just to recap where we were at. So we had Paula speak about a heart of love. Pastor Stu spoke about a heart that's guarded. And Pastor Carla spoke about the heart of forgiveness last week. And, you know, these have all been, there's been so much brilliant nuggets of truth in there but what I've loved is the time we've been able to share just getting in the presence at the end just having that moment of being prayed for and and just pressing in and acting in faith stepping out and trusting God and today I just want to share kind of the final part of this which is having a heart on fire for Jesus Um, I think probably I'm probably one of the most passionate people I think I can get over the top with it so I think this message is probably good for me I get a bit excitable a bit carried away often over the top my wife will tell you I need to calm down I mentioned it to the youth on Friday that, that, that I spoke a similar message to them that God put on my heart for them but I am quite a passionate person naturally even before I met God I always used to be quite kind of passionate about whatever it was that I was into often it was the bad things fortunately I was passionate about drugs and drink which wasn't very good um, and it led me down the wrong path but then God came amen and then God came it's always good when God comes in to the room he's here present today amen and so we're going to, I want to share from my heart a lot, but I've got some scriptures and I want to kind of go on a little journey around the Bible with this and hopefully at the end just get time for us to pray and just let our hearts burn for God, amen? Let me just pray again. Father, I thank you for your word that is established on heaven, in heaven and on earth, Lord. I thank you, Lord. It is sharper than a two-edged sword. It divides, Father, between flesh and spirit between soul, Lord, and, 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 and spirit. Father, we declare in Jesus' name, let your truth magnify in this room today. Let our hearts burn with passion, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you. Wherever there was kind of half-heartedness today, Lord, there would be like a petrol bomb going off inside of us, ready to run hard after you, Lord, in Jesus' name we declare. Amen. Fantastic. So we're going to look in Luke uh, verse 24, 30 to 32. Um, actually, pause for thought. Those communion cups, I was going to say this up there. I think you need a degree to get into them. Like, I had an absolute nightmare down the bottom here with those. I, I opened one, that didn't work. And I was going, Paula, help me, help me. And then she owned it. She said, I don't know what you're doing wrong. And I'm like, I was left there. Like, it was going everywhere. I thought, I'm just going to give up. Like, it was, I don't know, did anyone else have that problem? Or was it just me? Oh, good. I was worried it was just me at the front, like, spilling it everywhere. Then I thought, knowing me, mum will agree, my mum's daddy would agree, it was going to go over me. I thought, I better give up, because in a minute I'm going to be stood up here, there'll be black current everywhere. It'll be... So I, I gave up with that one, but um, I am going to sit and practice later on, and how to do those. I'm going I'm to get a few lined up, and just, I'm going to be an expert. Um, but yeah, 
as I was sitting there, I was like, wow, this is a challenge. I've got another, I'm not going to, time, this is what I do often. I go down the road, I've got another funny story, but I'm not going to share that one um, about those cups. I'll share it another time. Um, we're going to get into the word, because that's why I'm here to share about, amen. So Luke 24, 30 to 32. So just to give a bit of backstory, here we have the so-called scripture, the road to uh, Emmaus, the Emmaus road. It's when these, the Jesus has died. Um, they've gone to the tomb, apparently the tomb is empty, and, and, and they're a little bit confused at this moment, thinking, where, why, what's happened? And these disciples are now walking with this person they've met, not knowing who he was, and they're having this kind of conversation with him. And in fact, the disciples then invite this person, who we know who it is, but at the moment they didn't, back to their home to, for fellowship and, and, to, and to share food and stuff. And I'm going to read from verse 30 in Luke 24. It says this, Now it came to pass... As he sat at the table with them, that he took bread, blessed it, and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished from their sight. And they said to one another, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road, and while he opened the scriptures to us? I love this, this revelation of Jesus, the revelation of the presence of God. What happened? Did not our heart burn within us when he started being around us, when he started speaking the word. Come on, the word of God is the most important thing in my world. Come on, it's got to be in your life. The word of God is what changes and transforms us into new creations. It makes broken people whole. The word of God is life and life in all its fullness as it's spoken. And they're saying, as he was sharing the scriptures, did not our heart burn within us? Now let's just take a quick look at this. So the two words, heart and burn. So the word for heart is a Greek word called cardia. Obviously, we know the English word cardiac, cardiac arrest. Um, and it's the word cardia spelt with a K. And listen to what it means. It's the center of physical and spiritual life. The soul or mind as it's the fountain and seat of the thoughts, passions, desires, appetites, affections, purposes, and endeavors. We just say heart. But really, there's so much more than just heart. It's so much more than just that. And then the word for burn is the word ko, which means to set on fire, consume, burn, or set alight. God, this is great, because if we build this together in a minute, what it doesn't mean, like, when I first read this, heartburn, you think in English, heartburn, indigestion. Oh, I was around Jesus, he gave me a, oh, I needed some Gaviscon. Like, oh, it was a, it's like a Gaviscon advert from the New Testament. Have you been walking with Jesus? Maybe you need some Gaviscon. Like, it's, this isn't what they're talking about here. This isn't what is happening, because we could read it like that if we wanted to. But what it's actually saying is, we were walking with this guy, Jesus, and then in that moment, everything inside of us, our thoughts, passions, desires, appetites, affections, purposes, and endeavors, were set on fire in that moment. Come on. Every part of our inner being, right there, right there, in that moment, was set alight for the kingdom of God. Did not our heart burn when he started speaking? Because when you're in his presence... Everything else will melt. Everything will change. I walked in this room 13 and a half years ago as a scruff. I am a little bit scruffy still now, but I was very scruffy in mind and inside as well. And, and I came in this room and I was a mess. And then his presence came. And everything changed. Why? Because the fire of God, that burning in the inside set me alight. And I don't want that light to ever go out. And so I pursue it all the days of my life. I will pursue it all the days of my life. I will not allow things to stop that fire from going out. Amen. This is where we need to be. Just absolutely consumed with it. 
It's the only way we're going to see those miracles. You know, we all, who here wants to see miracles? Yes. Come on, we want it, don't we? We want to see the power of God manifest. We want to see people's lives being set free. You walk out this church today and just walk across to Asda, I guarantee you'll come across some people that are struggling, whether it's mentally, physically. I just want to see the power of God touch them when I'm in the street. I want to see people being delivered from sickness. I want to see people being delivered from all kinds of mental health issues. I want to see the power of God in my everyday life. Come on, have we not all got that desire? We need to be set on fire. Fire in the Bible is actually often a picture of God's presence. There's many occasions, and I picked just a couple just to quickly look through. In the scriptures, just for time, um, I'm not going to come up. I'm just going to read you them, if that's okay. Um, And so, as I said, fire in the Bible, it's a picture of God's presence often, a picture of his glory, a picture of his power, a picture of his holiness when, when we read it. And Exodus 3 is probably one of the most kind of notable moments when we hear about the burning bush, right? In Exodus 3, 2 to 4, when Moses, it says this, And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. So the bush wasn't like burning away, but there was fire in the bush. I mean, God does weird stuff, right? I love it. Nothing normal about God, and that makes me think brilliant, because I think there's nothing normal about me. So... Then Moses said, I will not turn aside and see, the, I will turn aside and see this great side. Why, why the bush does not burn? So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. See, God's presence was there manifesting in fire. God will speak to you from the fire. In his presence, he will cause his fire to burn. In Exodus 19, 17 to 18 as well, we read about it as well. So here, it says, uh, Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet with God, and they stood at the foot of the mountain. Now Mount Sinai was completely in smoke because the Lord was descended upon it in fire. God does things crazy, like not physical fire. This was some kind of spiritual power, spiritual fire that the children of Israel were probably looking up going, what is that? What is happening right now? Come on, this is what I want to see in my everyday life. I want to see the power of God like residing in natural things. The mountain was natural, but what happened is a supernatural God entered it and the fire of God broke out and everyone was there going, what is happening? Come on, this is what I want in my life. I want to be someone who's set on fire so I step into a natural place and everyone around is going, there is a spiritual fire on that person that is something not normal and people will be drawn to it, amen? Again, we see it as a picture of God's glory in Exodus 24. Now the glory of the Lord rested on Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it six days. And on the seventh day, he called to Moses out of the midst of the cloud. The sight of the glory of the Lord was like a consuming fire on top of the mountain in the eyes of the children of Israel. So his glory is like a consuming fire. Come on, he does. God moves in fire. He moves with power. He moves in authority. In Numbers 11 and 16, again, you can look at these later on. You'll see um, in verse 1, God actually comes down in a consuming fire against people speaking and grumbling and mumbling. And often I try to justify things like this, but today I felt as I was sitting there, I'm not going to justify why God would come down and fire on someone when they're mumbling and grumbling. The word of God says it, therefore I'm going to say, no, I'm going to do everything I can to speak good of the things of God, to speak good of the leadership of the church, to speak good of the things that I'm surrounding me. I don't want, not that God is angry with us, but I don't want to stand in a place of mumbling and grumbling that's going to cause me to not get fired up for God. 
Because who's here when you start mumbling and grumbling? It's a, it's a downward path, right? You ever been there? As you start doing it, the more you're doing it, and it just becomes, I don't want to be caught there. And the children of Israel started, and it started going bad for them. And then all of a sudden, God's anger was aroused, but his anger was righteous anger. Why? Because God had delivered them. He delivered them from death, from slavery, yet they moaned. Have we not been saved from hell? Then why will I moan whatever I face in this life? If God is with me, who can be against me? Come on, this is the fire of God. We've got to be careful that we don't enter into that place and we naturalize everything and think my salvation was such a long time ago that I've become this person that's just looking at church naturally, looking at this naturally, looking at why that's not. No, 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 no. Let's remember what we've been saved from. We were entering into separation from God for all eternity. For this very small duration of life, let's not be caught moaning but running with passion and desire for the things of the kingdom. Amen? Again, in Deuteronomy 5, there's another one where God speaks through fire, but it's a picture throughout. You know, there is always, when God is speaking, when his presence is manifesting, there's always some marvelous work happening, but often you'll see this fire that enters. One of my, I've got loads of favorite characters. David's probably my all-time character, but Elijah the prophet is my, I love this guy. There was something not right about him, but he was just full on for God. Do you know, there wasn't, like, when you read about it, he was just like, I, I kind of think maybe I was, like, I don't know, he's just a bit, bit not there, but he actually is very human-like because there's moments where he's frightened, there's moments where he feels heavy, there's moments where he feels scared. You read his story, he's, he's human-like, because he, he's, he's human, but he has a relationship with God that means there's a fire within him. And in the Old Testament, in 1 Kings 18.38, it says, and there's a, this moment, I love this, it's, it's, it's a great bit of scripture where it hasn't rained for, for a long period of time and um, there's all this Baal worship. So there, there's all this foreign worship going on of foreign gods that are not the king of kings and the lord of lords. They're not God most high, they are God man-made. And here there's hundreds of these prophets and Elijah calls it out, he gives it, he gives it the big one. He, he's like, come on, I'll, I'll show you who, who if, if your God is real, Call upon him, make this, they basically made two kind of altars to sacrifice. And he said, call down on your God and see if this sacrifice will be burnt up. And uh, it's incredible to read this. And there they are, these prophets screaming. You'll read it. They're screaming and they start cutting themselves, trying to get their God that's not real to come and burn this sacrifice. And then enters Elijah. And he literally just prays a simple prayer. And you can read that in verse 37. But in verse 38 to 39 in 1 Kings 18, sorry, it says this. Then the fire, so he's prayed this prayer. Lord, you're real. Come on, show them. Then the fire of the Lord consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and it licked up the water that was in the trench. Now when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. Come on, this is awesome. Elijah is calling on God and fire falls from heaven. I want to see this in my life. I want to see stuff like this in my life. But so often, this is the bit I want to get to. We're looking for this external fire to land on something. Listen, there's something incredible because often what's concealed in the old is revealed in the new. 
Sometimes we can look in the old and it sometimes feels a bit, just got to look in the New Testament to see what God has done. In Acts 1.8, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you shall be a witness to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. This is incredible, because what God is saying is that you shall receive the fire of God in you. What does Paul say in Romans 12.1? I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, acceptable to God, to, be, to which is your reasonable service. See, in the old, Elijah's calling down fire to hit some kind of sacrifice in the new we call down the fire to hit our sacrifice inside of us we are the living sacrifice that we can call upon the name of the lord and watch the fire of god enter our life come on how good is this the promise of god isn't that we'd see something out there so much but it's that it would start in here even elijah was not baptized in the holy spirit in that way because he lived outside of the New Testament. He lived outside of Christ dying for him. We have something greater. When you read these prophets of old, you have Christ in you, the hope of glory. You have Christ reside. You are a modern day prophet that can call upon the name of the Lord and watch the baptism of the Holy Ghost hit your heart and set you on fire. Come on, does anyone want that? Anyone want to be set on fire? I think sometimes we've got to make it so real for us. In, 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 you know, you, like for me, I read Elijah. I'm like, I want to be that. But you can be that. You can be that because God's called you to it. Just like Elijah, to walk with that close personal relationship with God. <coughs> so in Acts 1.8, it says that. And I think I just want to finish with this because we've got about five minutes before I'm going to pray for us all, if that's okay. And it's this moment with Peter Because this is the revelation that I get and and the realisation of what the Holy Spirit does in a person's life. And I think we're all familiar with him. Peter in um, Matthew 26, 69 to 75. I'm going to read this and I think it will come on your screen. It's a moment that's probably not the greatest moment in Peter's life. It says, now Peter sat outside the courtyard. Jesus at this point has been arrested. And a servant girl came to him saying, you also were with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied it before them all, saying, I do not know what you're saying. And when he had gone out to the gateway, another girl saw him and said to those who, who were there, this fellow, also this fellow, that's a funny word, isn't it? this fellow, sounds like English, this fellow, I want to say this fella, this fella, sorry, that's just, that's, it doesn't actually say that, I'm going to say that, this fella, uh, also was with Jesus of Nazareth. But again, he denied it with an oath. I do not know the man. And a little later, those who stood by came and said to Peter, surely you are also one of them. For, you, for your speech betrays you. And then, a bege- then he began to curse and swear, saying, I do not know the man. And immediately a rooster crowed. Peter remembered the word of Jesus who had said to him, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept be- bitterly. Wept be- bitterly. That's like a moment in Peter's life that he's broken at this point. It's like, I've, I failed miserably. Jesus even knew I was going to do it. Not only that, listen, it says he cursed. He swore. He consistently lied. I mean, it's not good character reference of Peter at this point. If this was a, like kind of a character, you, you don't, wouldn't want to give him much responsibility. You'd be like, you're a liar. You're swearing. You're cursing. Like, and you're denying the one that's leading you. Like, what is going on with you? We're all here at some point, right? We've all been there. Come on, we can often look at Peter and think, why did he do that? Probably do it most days. In some way or another, we can. You know, it's easy to do. But what I love about this is that Jesus never gives up on a person. Jesus knows our faults, but he walks with you anyway. Hebrews 13.5 says he never leaves you nor forsakes you. That's not a 
you having a good day? I'll be with you. It's, I will never leave you nor forsake you. That means he's present with you in the midst of everything. And he never left Peter's side. He never said to Peter, oh, you, you, you rooster crows three times. You're done, mate. No, we read this incredible moment in the day of Pentecost. You know, he came back and he promised them that he would receive the Holy Ghost. This is a guy that's terrified. This is a guy that denied Jesus three times. This is a guy that was frightened of little girls saying that you were with him and he was cursing them. In Acts 2, 1 and 4, we read about the day of Pentecost. And it says this, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Look around you. One accord, one place. There's no greater place right now than this. We're one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as, as of fire. And one sat upon each of them. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues and as, as the Spirit gave utterance. Come on, this is an incredible moment that we've just entered into. Did they know what it was going to look like? No. Were they expecting it? No, they were just in one accord looking to Jesus. Their saviour, their God, praying to God, speaking to God. And then came a moment where the presence of God enters. And they're never the same again. In Acts 2, 14, this is the man that denied Jesus, was frightened of the little girls telling him you was with him, was lying and swearing. And now he stands up and says, but Peter standing up with the 11, raised his voice and said to them, men of Judea, and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let it be known to you and heed my words. This is a different kind of Peter. What's happened here? What's happened? The fire of God entered his heart. The fire and the power. What is what, what we're talking about? The thoughts, passions, desires, appetites, affections, purposes and endeavours changed when the spirit of God entered him. The power of God took him over and that was it. His life would never be the same again. Where he was frightened, no more frightened. Where there was worry, no more worry. Because where the presence of the Lord is, there's liberty, there's freedom. There isn't a, I'm frightened of those around me. It's, I'm close to God and he's present within me. Why should I be afraid of anything around me? Listen to what Peter went on to do. He said, then Peter said in verse 38, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. He's speaking to a great big crowd for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are far off, for as many as the Lord God will call. Come on, are you called by God? Hands up if you feel that you know you're called by God. You know, come on, don't be afraid of this. There's hands going up everywhere, come on. Well, the promise of the Holy Spirit is for you and the power of the Holy Spirit is for you. And with many other words, it said, he testified and exhorted them saying, be saved from this perverse generation. Listen to this, then those who gladly received this, his word, were baptized. And that day, about 3,000 souls were added to them. He denied Jesus three times. The Spirit of God comes in, and 3,000 people are saved. Come on, this is the fire of God. This is the fire of God. It makes no sense to the natural man, but this is what the power of God does to a person. This is why broken people like me, who the world writes off, can come in and stand and somehow speak. Because God does great works. It's Christ in us. Nothing to do with me. Nothing to do with us. It's allowing him to be everything he is. Amen. Even when you read Ezekiel 36, 26, we know that that's that famous way, he'll give you a new heart. We say it, don't we? He'll give you, take away the old stony heart and give you a new heart, a heart of flesh, a new spirit. Well, that same word 
in Hebrew is the same word as what it means in Greek. It's the word laid, but it means thoughts, passions, desires, appetites. God had always had a plan to give his people brand new appetites, brand new passions, brand new desires, to fill you afresh. Come on, maybe today you have been walking in the old ways for too long. Maybe it's time to just draw a line and say, God, I'm drawing on you now. I'm done with the old ways of thinking. I'm done with the old ways of living. I want to live in the full authority of God, which means calling upon the name of the Lord and being filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen? Come on. Can I have the worship team up? Is that okay? You know, you may be here today, and this is me, I'm passionate, and you might be thinking, oh, I've come to that church, that guy's a bit lively. (laughs) That is me, sorry. Well, I won't apologize about it, but, but hey, you know what? You may have never heard of Jesus. You may be like me 13 and a half years ago that walked in here, and this was my last resort, done everything else to try and be free. Maybe today you've come thinking, I just want to go and see. Maybe you're here visiting, and you don't know this Jesus that sets people on fire. That changes, the, changes you from the inside out. That gives you a new heart. That can cause you to go from hate to love in a second. That can melt away any pain, rejection, any feelings of kind of past bitterness. He can melt it all in a second in his presence. So we're just going to pray a simple prayer before I then ask us all to, to pray a prayer. So why don't you just bow your eyes and, and, and close your eyes, church. Uh, bow, bow your eyes. Don't want to bow your eyes. I don't know how you do that. You can uh, bow your heads and close your eyes. <laughs> Let's just uh, pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. I believe in you today. That you died and rose again. I receive new life. And I walk away from my old way of living. Let the dead things be dead today. And let the new life come. In Jesus' name. Amen. Just keep your eyes closed just for a moment. If you're here today and you prayed that for the first time. And you want to come into a relationship with Jesus. You want your life to be transformed. And you want to start this journey. I'm going to do a simple thing and ask you just to raise your hand. So on the count of three, if, you, if you're here today and you, you want to begin this relationship, why don't you just raise your hand so that I can pray for you? One, two, three. Is there anyone here today that doesn't know God? There's a hand at the back. Is there any? It's one hand. Is there any more hands today? There's another hand over here. There's two. Is there any more? Anyone else today need to put their life right with God? Father, I thank you for these two people here, Lord. I just pray right now, Holy Spirit, Break down that old and in a split second bring in that new. Holy Spirit, move in Jesus' name, we declare. New life, new beginnings, new chapters, we declare and speak. Whatever the old was, let it be done now, Lord. Let your fresh waves of grace and mercy be poured over them, Lord, in Jesus' name. Forgiveness. Thank you, Lord.